ജൽസ് to understand the pain points of the sector and to check what are the challenges ahead i am joined by avnish chokija senior analyst at bnb pariba hi avnish welcome to the show hi nasreen uh, thanks for having me here a very good morning to you and the listeners so uh, avnish do you agree to this saying that banks and financials of indian sector are fallen angels now I actually would differ from the view of its fallen angels. Actually, we published a note uh, wherein we said that the Indian financial sector is uh, down but not out. The way we see the sector now, especially in the last two weeks, so it's more of uh, the glass is half full right now instead of half empty. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly do you mean by saying that it's half full? You think you uh, newer prospects coming to the Indian financial sectors? Sure. So actually, um, you know, we do this on the road series uh, wherein we go and we talk to a lot of industry participants across India. Um, uh, some of the key takeaways that we've seen last two weeks uh, are actually uh, first is the sentiment on the ground is turning as uh, the overall economy uh, improves uh, and opens up, especially in the semi-urban and rural region. uh second is uh, the key concern on the sector so far has been uh, what are the total loans under moratorium because that could uh, significantly dent your fy21 earnings so that number is uh, actually coming out to what most banks have declared uh, in their uh, first fourth quarter results third is even the expected losses uh, in the uh, loans under moratorium that estimate uh, that people on the ground have is anywhere between 5 to 20% of the loans which are under moratorium could probably default so even if we work with those assumptions and look at the sector especially the large private banks are strong enough uh, to absorb uh, that kind of write offs and even in case of the large psu bank it should be in a position to absorb the losses either by itself or with the help of its subsidiaries okay uh this is a very contrasting view to what uh, most analysts are saying on the streets uh because uh, most uh, analysts i have spoken to especially on the bfsi sector they say that the extended moratorium on loan repayments by the rbi till august 2020 would have a bearing on the collections by non banks and also on the banking uh, and it will increase the challenges both from the liquidity side especially for the mid and small entities do you agree to that 
Um, yes. So if we look at uh, the loans and the moratorium, right? So as per RBI, about 39% of uh, the bank's loans are under a moratorium right now. To give you a background as to why RBI introduced a moratorium scheme. So they introduced the scheme on March 27. And the key objective of the measure was to provide short-term relief to the borrowers who are not able to pay due to varied reasons. It could be limited cash flows or uh, it could be logistical issues. In the last policy on May 22nd, RBI announced an extension. Now, uh, the two pushbacks you get to an extension of moratorium is uh, one, the banks and NBFCs have complained that uh, the industry has also complained that it could probably spoil the credit culture. Borrowers may not be willing to pay after, uh, say, six months. And second key pushback, which is fair as well, there could be a significant ALM mismatch, uh, especially for uh, tier two NPFCs. Now, uh, I, I would think that both are fair argument, but uh, from an RBI's perspective, if you look at it, they were pretty clear that they need more time to assess uh, the economy. So they did not come out with any inflation numbers or even growth they at best said could be in the negative territory. So essentially, what RBI was waiting was uh, to get a sense of what could be the total proportion of loans eventually, which would need restructuring. So we do expect a loan restructuring scheme, which is what a lot of people expect to come through over the next uh, two months. And on the other hand, uh, if you go and speak to the people on the ground, so although RBI has extended it by three months, customers are fairly aware that they'll have to pay uh, the interest cost for those uh, additional three months. Right. I take your point. But uh, since you said that the customers or the lend or the borrowers on the street are very fairly aware about that the moratorium will end and anyways they have to repay the loan but we are in a situation where incomes have become zero probably nil for a lot of people a lot of businesses have had no income in last two months in a situation like that don't you think that there could be more defaults uh, let alone re uh, repayment Yes, and the estimate for that is about 5 to 20%, right? So people on the ground are expecting about 5 to 20% of the borrowers may not be able to uh, repay or service their loan obligation. So that is something which is priced in, in my view, in the current sector. And for the borrowers who actually need time because they've not got the cash flow because of the slow economy or the business will probably take six months to one year to recover. Uh, I do expect RBI to come up with a one-time uh, sector-specific uh, loan restructuring scheme. In the MSME space, uh, if you speak to the banks, the feedback is uh, they have got the specific guidelines from the government to fund the MSME sector. Internally, they are processing the guidelines and maybe in a week or two, you could actually see uh, the funds or the credit flowing to the MSME sector. What is your sense of the NPAs or the higher provisionings that banks had taken uh, in, the, in the March quarter results? You know, the selected banks who have actually uh, gone for higher COVID-specific provisioning, that was a smart thing to do because uh, it essentially strengthens your balance sheet and uh, provides cushion in case of an asset quality shock. The large banks at least uh, seem to be well-placed uh, given our checks. Uh, even if, you know, we work with the exi existing Morat number, 
and it does not come down, most of these banks have a sufficient cushion to absorb the credit losses. Having said that, predicting FI21 credit cost, as of now, we are expecting credit cost to double in comparison to FI20. I wanted to, uh, you know, take, understand your sense. Companies which, are, which have higher exposure to corporate loans, either we uh, uh, banks which have higher exposure to retail loans, among these two set of banks, where do you see uh, good growth coming by whenever there is a recovery in the economy? I think the other way to look at it is instead of corporate versus retail, uh, which banks would be in a position to capture uh, any incremental growth? So I would expect uh, NBFCs and uh, probably uh, tier two banks uh, to focus on preserving capital instead of uh, opting for uh, you know increasing uh, credit to corporate or retail sector. The large banks overall uh, would be in a good position in terms of portfolio buyouts, uh, and it could be uh, either corporate or retail. Okay, uh, I was going through your report, and uh, you had very specifically had. The kind of bank's reaction to different sector exposure. I wanted to know your reaction about uh, bank's exposure to a real estate uh, and to auto uh, companies. Considering uh, auto sales was nil in uh, the month of April, uh, they are, of course, coming up. Uh, they are starting uh, production. They have started sales online. Uh, whereas real estate sector is still trying to get back to its uh, feet uh, one large and one key issue is the reverse migration that has happened in different uh, major urban cities. How do you see these two sectors panning out vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, the lenders? Yeah. Um, by lenders, you mean? Uh, banks. Banks, right? Okay. So uh, I'll start with real estate. In real estate, uh, we got to split it with the mortgage loans and uh, the non-individual loans, which is essentially your uh, construction loans, or it could be uh, lease rental discounting. Now, so on the ground checks indicate that uh, at least on the mortgage loan side, I don't expect uh, uh, a lot of pain. In fact, uh, the portfolio has already started to improve. And especially if you're already staying in that house, there's very reason, little reason for you to go ahead and default. But uh, the actual pain in the real estate would be uh, in the commercial real estate segment. So uh, your construction loans or even lease rental discounting, given that your occupancy is, uh, uh, there's a question mark uh, on the occupancy levels. So combination of work from home demand picking up or uh, overall, uh, uh, you know, the sector demand is muted. Now, if I look at uh, banks, uh, uh, at least the large ones, their exposure to commercial real estate is anywhere between uh, two to about five and a half percent. I don't expect uh, banks to have a lot of problem with respect to uh, real estate, but uh, yes, NBFCs uh, with large non-individual book, they definitely uh, will have to. Uh, rely on loan restructuring scheme, which RBI will hopefully come with in a couple of months. Because if you look at the on-the-ground problem, right, these developers cannot pay back in three months or six months. So once the Morat is over, I don't expect the real estate demand to come back in a big way, especially for projects which are under construction. Um, so that number, or which is loans, the stressed number of developers will probably go up. 
and they would need a loan restructuring scheme. Otherwise, it will get downgraded to a GNPA, and which could be extremely detrimental for a few large uh, HFCs. On the auto sector, um, again, I, I think it will be a uh, case to case. Uh, so, for instance, in our uh, report, we've mentioned that the demand in uh, two-wheeler and the tractor segment uh, seems to come back. Uh, so, that is showing some signs of recovery. Uh, however, uh, see, on average, loans under moratorium for auto sector was about 70%. So, even if that 70% improves to, say, um, 50%, it is still significant enough to cause an impact on your uh, net worth. So, uh, yes, it's definitely going to be a pain point uh, in the near term. All right. Uh, all right, uh, Avnish, thanks a lot for talking to us. Thanks, Nasreen. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemin.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. Hi, I'm HT Smartcast and I hope you're safe and well. The next episode is about to begin. But just a small message of solidarity before that. In difficult times like these, living in isolation isn't going to be easy. But what if working from home, our own comfort zones, helps us discover new ways of being? What if this calm, this rest, it helps us listen to ourselves and the people around us more deeply? While that happens, you can find me at htsmartcast.com. Connecting you to the world of comedy, culture, motivation, news. You know, just in case you need some smart company. Thanks for listening. Take care. This was a Live Mint production. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.